I'll see you at supper. It's one of those turns of phrases that may not mean much to you, but it means all the world to me. I'll see you at supper. It came at very specific time in my life, and like all things that mean something to us, there's the story behind it that means something. My parents, grandparents on both sides were farmers, and they used those old terms for meals, not breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but it was breakfast, dinner, and supper. Dinner was the middle of the day, supper was the evening meal. And so there are two things that always gave joy to my heart when they say, I will see you at supper. One was that we were going to be with my grandparents, which that by itself was joyful. But even more, I'll see you at supper was also the release to go play in the fields, to have the whole afternoon with my brother, my sister, and our dog to just run and play outside and do whatever we want. And there really was not any boundaries to it. Just go and play, have fun. And so we'd go and play and have fun. We'd be come back from the fields, from walking and playing and covered in cuckleburrows, those nasty little sharp items that would get caught in your socks or in your dog's hair and you'd have to pick it out. You'd come back smelling of dirt in the field. Maybe you picked some corn, maybe you'd grab some string beans. Didn't really matter, you just went out and played all afternoon. And I can tell you in all honesty, I don't think we accomplished anything in those afternoons of merit. It was just time to be apart and to play and have fun. So on one hand, it was just, I'll see you at supper, was just, all right, it, we get to go play and do what we want. But then it was also that invitation to supper, which going and eating at the table of a farmer is one of the greatest pleasures in the world. When you sit down and eat, it is fresh from the field, and there's nothing better than llama beans straight out of the ground, covered in just a little bit of butter, where you can taste the earth almost in them. It is amazing. They are delicious and perfect. And maybe it's a little more perfect and delicious because you're with people you love, but I'll see you at supper was that equal idea of joy and time together with family. It wasn't just you're free to go play, but also at the end of the day, we get to eat and have fun together and know we had a good day. It's interesting. We don't use that term much in modern society, or at least anyone, no one asks me to come over for supper much. It's usually come to dinner or go, let's go do lunch. But we still call this the last supper, and we still talk about it in those terms, but we don't always know exactly what we're saying for it. And it's actually important, and it relates to my departure today. It, it actually all sort of weaves together, if you listen, to our true theology and what we understand. In the Eastern Orthodox Church, when Thomas Cranmer, well, actually, let me back up just a sec. Thomas Cranmer, the Archbishop of Canterbury, when he was writing our liturgy, writing the first prayer book in 1549, he was literally looking at the Eastern Orthodox Church's liturgies and saying, what is their theology of the church? What is their theology of communion, of the Last Supper, of all of this? And they call it the mystical supper, the mystical supper. It's an idea that actually infuses our entire Eucharistic theology and prayer, but we don't talk about it in the church enough. So I bet 90% of you, even if you've been lifelong Episcopalians, don't know what we're actually saying and doing at the table. You might have an idea, and you might know what it feels like, but you don't generally always know what it's actually doing. We start with those words, the Lord be with you and also with you, and then we say, lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. 
And I think sometimes we say that so pro forma, we don't always know exactly what we're saying or why we're saying it. We lift up our hearts to the Lord. Cranmer was crystal clear when he wrote the prayer book. He said, where is the Lord? Where is Christ? He is with God in heaven. He is at the right hand of the Father. So we lift up our hearts into God's very heaven. We are no longer in this realm, but in God's realm. We're no longer here. We're with God. It's literally the theology of our Eucharistic prayer. When we say those words in just a minute, it's not just that we are here at St. Michael in Dallas, but we are piercing eternity. We're somewhere different. What does it mean? Here's the real thing about what it means. The idea of our theology is just this, because we are going to dine with God, we are going to be with God, then we are outside of time, we are outside of space, we're in a different place, but even more, we are with anyone who has ever broken bread at any time, anywhere. So those first Christians in that upper room are part of our meal when we eat in just a little while. When we're breaking bread together, we will be breaking bread with those who have done it throughout the centuries, whether in persecution or the high masses in St. Peter's and Rome. All of those people are gathered together at God's table, somehow united, somehow near. Even more, we are united with those that we love and no longer see. We are united in a way that really defies understanding. Let me say it differently. When we talk about communion, we know that it makes us feel good. We're communicating with God, but even more, we're connecting with those that we love throughout time. The people gathered here sitting next to us in the pews, but even the ones that we love and see no longer. So when we go to this table, we are dining not just with this community, we are also dining with Pam Theodore and Henry Koch. We're dining with Effie McCullough and Dana Jewett. We are dining with those that we love and see no longer. I'm still with my grandparents who died years ago, those farmers who would spread the table in front of me and invite me to come and celebrate with them. Or for the context for today, as my family and I leave and go to Atlanta, It means that when y'all are worshiping here and we are worshiping there, we are worshiping together in God's kingdom. It's not separate. It's not different. It may be in our brief and limited understanding of the world, but in God's kingdom, we are literally doing the same thing at the same time with each other. It is the image of the mystical supper. It is the image of God's kingdom brought near. It is what we do in our theology and our understanding every week when we have communion. And we'll do it together, knowing that God is drawing us up into his kingdom. God is knitting us together. It will be a reminder that God loves us and cares for us. God feeds us and nurtures us. God unites us living to the dead. And even more, at the end of the day, God's really inviting us in those same words that my grandparents used to say years ago, come back for supper, come back and dine together, come back 
and know that you are always knit together in love, whether you recognize it or not. Come back for supper. Amen.